And welcome to the Happy Hour. The always fun, semi-informative, always relevant, and slightly irreverent Happy Hour talk show presented by App Growth Summit. So whether you're on your way to work, winding down after work, or you're bored at work, pop in an episode, take a quick shot of the Happy Hour. Awesome. Kehlani, our amazing marketing individual here at App Growth Summit. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Louis Tangay, the managing director of App Growth Summit. Yes, we know who we are, but do we know who our guest is today? <laughs> of course, how can we forget the incredible Kate Nazura, formerly of Kauai, but we'll get into that. That's awesome. She's the director of product at MobilityWare. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. So Kate did something really cool. Like a lot of people moved around during the pandemic. Where did you go, Kate? I actually moved to Hawaii. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know that... uh Kehlani, do you have a Hawaiian name? I do have a Hawaiian name. So Kehlani means horizon, or like more specifically, like where the sea and the sky meet, which is horizon. It's a really lovely Hawaiian name, very similar to Kehlani. There's lots of different ways to pronounce it, but my mom spelt it this way, so it's just Kehlani. <laughs> so Kehlani and Kate. Kate and Kehlani. Mm-hmm. And Louie. <laughs> And I'm over here, you can't see this in the podcast, but I'm actually drinking Fiji water. So we got our yes. island theme going on. We have on. everything, yep. And I am have a Hawaiian name and I'm Indo-Fijian, so that's super exciting. See, so this whole podcast is very, mm-hmm, it's very Polynesian themed. You have Kate in Hawaii, I'm Indo-Fijian, and Louis drinking Fiji water. And this wasn't <laughs> planned. Louis did, not, <laughs> Louis did not plan for me to be born 21 years ago. Just for this moment, <laughs> yeah, it just came together. As the, far as you know, this aligned. is my this is my master plan. <laughs> Definitely, I wouldn't put it past <laughs> you. Actually, so people don't think I'm a pretentious jerk. I'm drinking Fiji water because it actually tastes better than like Dasani or like mm-hmm. these other bottled waters. And if we're gonna spend three fifty on a Starbucks coffee, why not spend two seventy five on water? I'm with you. I think that there's definitely a quality difference in water. Dasani, I learned from one of my friends who works at a theme park. There was a video on YouTube that went around and then she tested the theory that I think it's um, Dasani or what's the water brand they sell at McDonald's? Is that Dasani? Sure. Some <laughs> sort of like low, you'll know it if you know it, but they put salt in it. And so they only sell that, like if you go to a theme park like Knott's or Disneyland, they only sell that brand of water. And because there's salt in it, you drink it and then become more thirsty. So then you buy more water. Mm. So there we go. So I'm with you. Like get the expensive water. It's the smart choice. But not smart water. (laughs) I remember reading that the most impressive marketing move in the history of the world is bottled water. Like there's zero reason to drink bottled water you can filter it yourself you can have a hundred percent fountains <laughs> like it's just like amazing how it costs them so little to produce water and then you pay 275 oh 100 you have a tap you have bottled water <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's pretty much the same quality yeah and if you look at the factories where this is made it's just like a big old metal tin vat of just you know water being put in plastic bottles (laughs) yeah that just shoots it it's like why don't we do that let's start a bottled water company i saw the other day at target that they have 
bottled water for dogs now that you can buy. Aww. It comes in. I was like, that's the most useless thing. Like, no offense. Um, but it's a little like container out of plastic. It's a little dish and it's bottled water and it's marketed. Like when you see the branding, it's all like for dogs, like purified water. For, like, what's the difference? There's no difference. And it's like $5 at Target. Just to let you know, my dog who was sit laying next to me, when you said that, he got up and walked away. <laughs> Even he's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Kate, where in Hawaii are you? Hawaii. So, a bit of a story to explain why I'm here. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were working from home when the pandemic started. And I just moved to Orange County, where uh, Mobility Wear is located. We were not sure when we were going back. so. Essentially, you know, two months, you know, you work from home and you're like, oh, this is interesting. You know, I'm learning to cook and I'm making bread and like I'm doing Zoom parties mm-hmm. and it's all kind of exciting at first. I mean, obviously it's all horrible, yes. and stuff, but you kind of make the best out of it. Right. And then after a while, I was like, OK, I've kind of had enough. I've done plenty of yoga, made a lot of breads. I'm, <laughs> I'm OK to do something else. <laughs> Uh, so I decided to go to the Bay Area where I used to live before. Uh, and then mm-hmm. once there, uh, we went to Napa. And you know how Napa goes, you know, go to a lot of wineries. And then one, you know, one moment we're like, why don't we go to Hawaii? <laughs> and so next day I was like, I know we were kind of, you know, tipsy and having too much fun, but I think Hawaii is a great idea. And uh, so we book our tickets and there's five of us going to Maui oh, wow. and then we go to Oahu and then two of us decide that we do not want to go back. So my friend and I ended up just moving to Hawaii <laughs> What? and uh, yeah, so I was on the North shore for a little bit, not a little bit, uh, five months. And as of yesterday, I moved to Waikiki to explore the town life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I enjoy the North Shore, the the, the village uh, a little more. So, yeah, it's amazing. Have you surfed yet? Oh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, you're like, you don't know. I actually got really good at it. Oh. Yeah, kind of. I take it very seriously. Like, it's kind of like a part-time job for me. That's awesome. Were you surfing before you moved there? Never surfed before. You lived in San Francisco, on the beach, didn't bother. Orange County served maybe three times, decided it was too cold for me. <laughs> uh, and then here, it was just so beautiful. The water is so nice and you do these sunset sessions. And then one day I was able to ride a wave mm. and that's when I knew I'm not leaving. <laughs> I was like, I'm staying. You <laughs> that's perfect. That's like a movie, like Kate's Wild Pandemic Adventure. And then you become like a surfing all-star and then you're sponsored by Roxy. It's a oh, whole thing. <laughs> I'm planning the movie in my head. <laughs> Seriously, I bet I bet we could do a documentary on you. Like from the mobile mm-hmm. app product world to surfing champion. Oh my gosh, I have a name for it. Product to paradise. Boom. Done. There we go. That's it. Trademark. <laughs> All right, so Kate, before this airs, you have to get your blog ready. That's called product to paradise.blog. And then you have to basically you have chronicle to. your adventures. You have to. <laughs> I love it. I might have to do that, yes. All right, done. <laughs> and then you'll just have to just make sure it's WordPress or Medium or whatever, and then see if you could backfill the dates. And then you can write your little entries thinking about going to da-da-da. Yeah. And then backfill <laughs> the story. Perfect. 
we've we've got your plan for you. There you don't you have go. to think about it. <laughs> this is the magic that happens when you talk to marketing people <laughs> about fun stuff outside of work. <laughs> yeah, then you could do your own like from product to paradise YouTube channel. We got a whole brand for you. Oh my god. Perfect. See? There you go. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like uh, if you just mo- move into Hawaii, first thing you need to know is how to pronounce it. Second thing, go to the North Shore. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So have you done other skill learning when you were there, like fire eating or hula-ing? Or- yeah, like what's all, did you try all of the Hawaiian things? So I literally have done nothing because I still want to, you know, keep my job. So <laughs> 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 I don't need to work. Well, interestingly, the, the time, there's no time change here for the summer hours or daylight saving. So work actually starts at pretty much 6 a.m. or 6.30. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of made me adjust my hours. I'm not a morning person by any means. Uh, so a bit of a challenge adjusting, but now I actually really love it. Um, but anyway, so what that means is that you actually, you know, work from seven until, you know, three, 4 PM. Uh, and then you only have time for surfing in the evening. So unfortunately I haven't done that much. I haven't even done any hikes. I've done maybe like oh. two or three. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that, you know, if you commit to surfing, you have a, a, a season to surf. Mm-hmm. On the North Shore, it's winter months and uh, up until April, but we just had a swell yesterday in the North Shore. One of the reasons why I moved to Waikiki is because the waves move from North Shore to the South Shore. So I'm here waiting for the waves. You're following the waves. I'm that dedicated, yeah. Wi-Fi, waves, and a surfboard. That's all I need. See, that's all you need. There we go. That's like a blog post underneath your product to paradise. Listen, I'm committed. If this doesn't happen, I'll just bug you on LinkedIn for the rest of your life until this happens. (laughs) She'll just make it for you. I like like all of these ideas. Let's talk about this later. (laughs) Okay, so I'm looking. So basically, you're on Honolulu Island then, right? Or no, Oahu. Oahu, yes. Oahu. Mm-hmm. That's where Honolulu is? Yeah. yeah. No, I think, yeah, yeah. is it? Yeah. That's the big island, right? Yeah, so you're right next no, to... No, Honolulu is town, city. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you ju- you're right next to it, right? Now, because you're on the south. Now I'm, yeah, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Waikiki is a part of Honolulu. Okay. That's so awesome. Well, you have to try hula. Like, do you have a bucket list of when you finally get like the opportunity? I do now of things that you want to try. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I do. Yes. Is there like a rivalry between like Oahu and Maui? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're all the islands are very different. Yeah, that's why I thought maybe it'd be like you know, like in Brazil, like Sao Paulo versus. Yeah, like a friendly rivalry between the two. Or is the culture Or not so friendly, like Boston (laughs) and New York. (laughs) San Francisco, LA, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you have to figure out and put it in your blog. Yes, I'm waiting to hear about all of this in a blog. Yeah, I need to to live here for a little longer. A few more years, I think. I'm going to tell my employer. I can't wait to read about it. Me neither. On the Product of Paradise blog. (laughs) Okay, so now that you're over at Oahu on the South Shore or the mm-hmm. North Shore, any shore, you get done with your surfing for the day. You're chilling out at some obviously a tiki, tiki bar, bar, obviously, right? 
What drink are you ordering? I like anything with egg whites. Um, so any gin drink with egg white. I also like anything spicy, like spicy margarita would do. Yeah, I just discovered a bunch of really cool local bars on the North Shore. So I just need to explore South Shore to see to see what they have to offer around here. Yeah, you have to find all the cool little local hangouts. Yes. Well, that's fun. <laughs> Did your friend that moved there with you, are they on the South as well now? No, they're on the North Shore. But I was just actually talking to her yesterday and she was just telling me, she's like, oh my God, I'm Googling island fever and how to cure it. And I'm like, you leave. <laughs> that's how you cure it. <laughs> What's that? What's island fever? Oh, that's when you were on an island for too long and you're just like, I, I need to get out. Oh, okay. That's it's very it is. isolated, isn't it? Because you just can't go elsewhere, really, because you're just there. Yeah. It's interesting because I just moved to Austin and even though I'm not on an island, I might as well be on an island because there's mm-hmm. nothing around here. I guess you could drive to San Antonio or Dallas or Houston, but you know, I'm not going to drive an hour and 15 minutes. So I might as well just, Austin might as well be an island in Texas. Here. Yeah. Well, Texas is so, I think the cities in Texas themselves are a little bit like islands because Instead of being surrounded by ocean, each city surrounded by like farmland and or grass and cows <laughs> and green things. I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> yeah, Texas is a lot of nothing, you know, and then you have mm-hmm. a city and the cities are sprawly. You know, they're sprawled out a little bit. Also, mm-hmm. not as much as like Dallas or Houston. But but yeah, then in between the cities is just like someone of. Sorry, Texas, but it's some of the most boring terrain I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, great cities, but the, the you know, if you're living in between a city, oof. you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and there's no cell reception. There's no cell. T- like West Texas, forget about it. When you come from El Paso to Austin, you got like ten hours of nothing. Oh my so, gosh! So yeah, good times. It's a little green ocean or yellow yeah, ocean. Well, I don't know if they get rain <laughs> or tan it's just like just tumbleweeds and nothingness yeah it's just <laughs> that'll be your blog <laughs> yeah great i want to read kate kate sounds way more interesting <laughs> okay so kate now that you said you live in san francisco orange county hawaii but you actually were born like tell us your whole not your life story because we don't have that much time but like where are you born i was born in ukraine in Kiev. Like our Oya. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I went to school in California. I actually played tennis and was recruited. Professionally? Well, I was going to say professionally, but then somebody told me that I can't say that because I didn't make money with it. And I'm like, that's a good point. Uh, so I aspired to be professional. I just never was good <laughs> enough. Um, but I was good Did enough. you play any tournaments? Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I mean, I, I ranked um, pretty high for the like juniors, you know, under 16. Uh, but then when it became, you know, women's category, that's when I realized that I need to go and like focus on my education. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not much future in tennis for me. <laughs> but, but I was able to get a scholarship to, to go to the University of the Pacific in Stockton, mm-hmm. California. So super grateful, you know, it's, it's an amazing experience. and. 
you know, never had any debts coming out of college, which is beautiful. That's amazing. That's how you get to Hawaii. That's yeah. there you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I did that. Uh, and then because I was in Northern California, it was an easy move uh, to go to San Francisco. So I, I was there for maybe five years or so. Uh, and I actually then lived in London for three and a half years. Uh, so it was in oh, wow. Francisco, you, London. You went from SF to UK? Yeah, I was I was offered a, a job. So it was a internal transfer. Mm-hmm. I worked on the kind of live ops side, uh, and then I moved into product kind of roadmap side in, in London. Uh, so I did that for three and a half years, and then I moved to OC, took a new job with MobilityWare, and now I'm in Hawaii. So Awesome. Shout out to Chandra from MobilityWare. We <laughs> love her. So after moving around a bit, because you said you moved around for work, how did you get into mobile? By By accident, actually. So when I was in uh, in college, so my, my degree was in finance. Mm-hmm. And then very quickly, I realized that I don't want to do finance. It just didn't <laughs> I don't thing. blame you. <laughs> uh, so then I was thinking, how about food industry? So my, my cousin works uh, for, or at the time worked for Danon, uh, you know, the yogurt company. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's so cool. Like, I love yogurts. Like, <laughs> I want to work for a food company. I love eating. Perfect. <laughs> Checks all the boxes. And uh, and so I found uh, an internship as a part of my MBA program, found an internship with a food startup. And the coolest part is that the, the, the food part of it was not as exciting as the startup part of it. Mm-hmm. So. It's actually, uh, so th- these guys were called or are called uh, still uh, San Fernola. Uh, and they've, uh, they've been around for, for years and they're doing really cool things around health and uh, kind of educating the youth on how to eat healthy and things like that. So I loved, I loved the mission and uh, that was really, really, really cool. But what they did, uh, they worked with a lot of startups and tech companies in the Bay Area to have their granola in the um, company kitchens. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, we actually had to go to all of these companies. So I, I got to go to Facebook and Google and a bunch of other cool companies. And I was like, wait a second. I didn't know this was a thing. Because, you know, growing up in Ukraine, you don't really think about like working for Google. It just seems like another world kind of uh, setup, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of opened up my mind to possibilities. And, and that's, you know, after three months doing the internship with them, I was convinced that A, I want to be in tech and B, I would ideally want to work for a startup. So kind of marrying the two things that I was exposed to. Mm -hmm. So effectively the first job offer I got was from a gaming startup called Product Madness. And uh, I actually didn't have any other offers. So it's not like I had many options to go with um, and choose from. So I was like, all right, let, let's try this and see what happens. So I've been in the gaming space from day one as a, an employed person out of college and uh, worked for Product Madness for, I think, eight years. I had a, an amazing path with them. You know, they got acquired nine months after I joined. We were, I think, eight people at the time when I joined. Then it was, you know, acquisition, massive growth, mm-hmm. working on uber successful titles, making 
hundreds, uh, well, not hundreds, but like almost $200 million a year. And, you know, being in my 20s and managing from the product side and live ops side products like that, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. So got super lucky, super blessed. Yeah, that's been an amazing experience. That's so awesome that you were able to get exposed to startups um, and then figure out like, hey, I kind of like this. I kind of like this. Yeah. I ideally love to do this. And then it just popped up for you. So that wasn't an accident. That was fate, in my opinion. And now you're in Hawaii. So look how it worked out. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%, right? About like the universe and like having the right mindset and things coming mm-hmm. into your life. And, you know, with Hawaii, I never dreamt of it. It was never uh, in my kind of, you know, dream book or dream board. Um, but you just have to allow for things to happen. And then if an opportunity comes about, you just sometimes have to be like, all right, let's see where that takes me. Mm-hmm. And like in life in general, I just, when there are opportunities, I just like, let's do it. The worst thing that will happen is it's not as good. And I can always go back to what I was doing before. So I think that's been my mantra in life. Yeah, that's also one of my philosophies. Uh, when I was uh, thinking about dropping out of college, one of my instructors, he was encouraging me to do so. He's like, because I wrote a business plan to create a music magazine. And he's like, why don't you just do that? Hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could get someone on the phone. How am I going to get in touch with these bands? He's like, you'd be mm-hmm. surprised what you could do if you just go for it. And I'm like, sounds good. Dropped out. So this way, I don't have any college debt either. Yeah. <laughs> But for a different reason. So I dropped out, started my business, my first business, and then that ran that for seven or eight years. So I moved to LA to get in the film industry. As one does. Yeah, of course. That's what you have to do, right? So this so it's the same philosophy. Like, you know, if you want something, just go for it. Because the worst that can happen is is it doesn't work out, which is the same thing as if you never went for it. But now you have this experience under your belt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you build up that courage to go for things is then I moved cross country to LA. I, you know, I started multiple other businesses after that. Here I am with this. I started this company with only $15,000 in the bank and, yeah. you know, one sort of verbal promise that they'd sponsor an event. <laughs> and here we are. So yeah. it worked out. <laughs> and you know, courage is almost like a muscle, like you have to keep doing it and then it just becomes easier and easier. It's the first the first one that's like the hardest one and then it just gets easier and easier i love that that's a cool story. it's like working out mm-hmm. it's like yeah the first time you do anything it's it's always like oh a little painful and awkward and weird then you keep doing it and all of a sudden you become a pro at it you got your process down yeah and it's fluid and easy like doing these podcasts right Kayla? <laughs> absolutely as everyone who's listening would know it was a journey. I jumped in and now I feel like I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> so you look at you. She's doing awesome. great. All right. So to keep this a little industry related, we did say semi-informative. We did. Although I do I want to learn more about surfing. So I think what we're going to have to do is take an AGS trip to Hawaii and take l- surfing lessons from Kate. AGS Hawaii. Sounds good. Yeah, it should- has a ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> On the waves. <laughs> okay. So... Getting into the nerdy stuff, we have a section called Talk Nerdy to Me. So let's talk a little bit nerdy. Like, what's the 
the one piece of career advice, because I was just talking about career advice. So what's the mm-hmm. one piece of career advice that you received that's retained that you've retained for all these years? So when it comes to career, I think it's kind of like what we just talked about, where opportunities will be coming your way. And the best you can do is take these opportunities and make the best out of it. And my first boss, the co-founder of Product Madness, Jose Botans, is still a mentor to me, a dear friend. We talk all the time. Um, and we were able to build this relationship because, you know, we were there when his company was still a baby. And, you know, that kind of creates a certain bond. But another thing that I remember he would tell me is that, you know, because I would always be so grateful for the opportunities and I would be like, okay, if it weren't for you and these opportunities that you presented to me, I wouldn't be where I am today. And he would always say, he's like, yes, but all the other people had the same opportunities, right? We were such a small team. Everybody Mm -hmm. taking those opportunities and taking them to like certain levels, but they didn't, right? You did. And, you know, a couple of other people who have made amazing careers. For example, Matt Lewis now works on Call of Duty. Um, He's a GM for them. We started pretty much a week apart. Yeah, so I think Jose is like very proud of two of us being his uh, mentees, I guess. So what he would tell me is that you need to, yes, use the opportunities, but also make the best out of them by doing your best and going above and beyond. And something that I'm seeing sometimes with people who struggle in their careers is that sometimes they see it as being very transactional. You pay me money and I deliver based on what you're paying me, right? Mm -hmm. And I've heard this so many times, like, oh, I'm not paid enough to do this, or I'm not paid enough to care that much. And I think it's, it's pretty messed up, right? Because what happens is that you first work extra hard. And unfortunately, that's what happens, right? Nobody's going to be throwing money at you and promoting you without you working hard, right? So unfortunately, mm-hmm. first put in the effort, you first put in the, the passion, the, the, all the care, and then the rest comes. You know, something that I was very fortunate about. And, you know, sometimes companies abuse people who work extra hard because they're like, well, she's going to or he's going to work extra hard. We don't need to worry about it. But you also need to ask. And that's something that I see a lot with women, especially scared to ask. Don't think they're good enough. Don't feel confident or comfortable. So I think it's it's a pretty kind of complicated dance and balance where 100% effort comes first. Second, you need to make sure your employer is going to appreciate you, value you, and sees the future for you, right? Working hard and asking and promoting yourself is very important. And the biggest thing, I think you have to have a good good manager, a good boss. And the closer you are to the people in charge, the better as far as, you know, reporting structures. So those three things. I think. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I heard this saying that was uh, luck is opportunity meeting preparation. A hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's kind of like, you know, philosophy that I also subscribe to. I'm a... I'm a subscription person on there. (laughs) 
so what would you say like um now with all the changes with idfa and all this stuff like uh, do you see this affecting the product side at all because advertisers are obviously freaking out especially monetization side what are your thoughts on the product side there about this yeah i think it's been it's been pretty crazy but also if you look at the history there's always something every couple of years there's some kind of a a big change and you know the industry historically the industry has been adjusting and uh, i feel like the same is going to happen now i think even expecting something very dramatic i don't think we've actually seen um so many dramatic things to be fair the the latest os is not uh, being kind of pushed by apple and uh, so not many people are on that version so it's hard to gauge the full impact so a personal experience is I love relevant ads. I love them. Okay. So example, if I want to buy something, like say I'm looking for a new yoga mat, I search for a yoga mat. Next thing I know, my Instagram is filled with all sorts of yoga mats and I don't need to worry about looking for them. They're just, they're coming to me. Mm -hmm. If I search for something else, next thing I know, I'm like, it's all there. So Instagram for me is, you know, looking at my friends, um, celebrities that I follow, causes that I care about, and also all the relevant stuff that I've been searching for. Absolutely love it. So on a personal level, I allow tracking across the board everywhere. Please track me. I love it. Let's you do are this. our golden child. Exactly right. You're like the dream the user. <laughs> You're the dream she is user. the chosen one. <laughs> and you know, that's just one experience with personalized ads. Where it's a bit more complicated is with social issues, right? Where you are reinforced certain beliefs and and ideas that you once clicked on, and then your universe turns into that one viewpoint mm -hmm. and you have no exposure to anything else. So, and so, you know, on the social level, it's a huge problem. And maybe somebody like me is not going to, become a, a victim to something like that because I, you know, talk to people in my surrounding who have different opinions and maybe use some other uh, sources of information. But I can see how it could be a big problem. And we've seen that in the last couple of years where the society becomes super polarized, right? And uh, Social Dilemma is a great uh, film on, on, on Netflix. And, you know, I didn't quite identify with some of these issues, but I could see how some audiences some some people out there could be uh impacted by this stuff hugely so yes love ads give me the the relevant stuff something that i've heard that i thought was very interesting on the uh deconstructor fun podcast which i love a great podcast and so what they were saying is that the wording of how the prompt is constructed kind of it, it doesn't give you all the information, right? So it doesn't tell you that these are the outcomes, the consequences of your choices, right? So the users are not really educated on, on what's going to happen. All they are understanding is that it's bad to be tracked across websites because that's how they phrase it. And I think it's, it's quite misleading, right? And a funny story is that I actually met somebody surfing who works for Apple of course, you met them surfing. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> and I was supposed to take... So she's an artist at Apple. So like 
to be fair, she's not very, I guess, she doesn't have to be technical. She might not know all the details, but she works for Apple. And I was supposed to go surfing with her. And I remember saying, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm dealing with ATT changes. You know, they just went live yesterday, something, something. And I just mentioned something like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And she replies, oh, I'm very much in favor of it because nobody likes seeing ads. And I'm like, wait, you think the <laughs> ads are going away? It's like, no, they're not going. You're just going to see diapers now and like yeah. random stuff you don't care about. But I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God, I bet so many people are looking at this prompt and thinking that they're uh, disconnecting ads experience. Well, have you seen Apple's commercial? And they also have a, a Twitter-sponsored ad where basically in the commercial, this person's walking and a mm -hmm. bunch of people start following them, looking at his phone as he's walking and doing anything, buying something. There's a lot of people looking at his phone to see what he's doing and following him in the streets and going into his apartment until they show a close-up on the phone that has the prompt that says, do you want like, you know, generic company name app to follow mm -hmm. you? And then the, the subtext is your information will be stored and sold to other companies. And it's like the way that they do it. And then when he presses, no, do they not disappear. track, they all disappear on them. And wow. it's like, that is so... the other flip side <laughs> is like, Apple does not want you to say, yes, track me. Like they clearly mm -hmm. do not, you know? Yep. I say that's because they're going to create their own ad network. You heard it here first. And so this <laughs> way, they could be the saviors of the industry by saying, you're tired of seeing diaper ads, Kate? You want to see some surfing ads? Well, that's cool because now we're going to offer our own ad network. So your privacy is good with us. But those surf companies can advertise through the Apple audience network or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love how they framed it as like a horror situation. <laughs> that you're going to be followed home by like hundreds of random people. Yeah, which... <laughs> and how all your information is being sold. So what mm -hmm. I think that is a direct hit on is against Facebook Absolutely. because of that whole situation. And nobody has sympathy for Facebook, right? If you say, you know, anytime Facebook is being used, and unfortunately they're not a good guy in the, the perception is, you know, not very favorable right now when it comes to privacy. And so I think that that's working really well for, for Apple. But let me give people a different perspective on the whole, I can't believe Facebook's doing all this stuff and knowing my business. Okay, Facebook is a social network on a company's servers that you don't own, that its whole purpose is to be shared because that's what it is. So if you're putting anything voluntarily on Facebook that you don't want them to have, that's kind of on you. You know, like Facebook doesn't have anything on me I don't want them to have. Mm. You know, now there could be a different type of discussion over whether they grab information from you that you don't want them to have consciously mm -hmm. or the information that you decide on their profile that you don't want to be public. Are they still using this to target you? Things like that is then you can get into that discussion. But I think generally speaking, you know, if you're posting stuff to a social network on someone else's servers that you don't own, that's kind of on you. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I mean, are we trying to prevent something from 
happening where it's just a matter of time that it will happen. I mean, the world today, everything is shared, disclosed. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking it's just a matter of time before everything's available to everybody. And uh, I just don't. Google your own name and you'll see all these addresses you live that, all your middle names. You know, your data is out there. I'm sorry. It's not Apple's fault. It's not Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's not the ad networks. Just these days, you just can't stop it. You know, you could not Mm -hmm. use WhatsApp and try to use Telegram and all this. It doesn't matter. Like these are still companies and they still have business cases and, you know, just be cautious. Yeah. And the thing is that people love the convenience and the benefits that come with this. Right. So Mm -hmm. the, the fact that my information is out there and it can be used allows me to get all of these services for free. Absolutely. And and I love when I see things like, you know, a review on the app store for a game, like, oh my God, they want to charge me 99 cents. And I'm like, yo, how do you think this game exists? Like, is it appearing out of thin air? Or is there like hundreds of people potentially working on it? Yeah, please. Mm -hmm. Ads or pay something. But it's amazing how people are surprised that they're asked to pay or yeah. ads. That's the trade-off. This like is why said. I think a lot of apps are going to subscription models if they're mm-hmm. able to. I mean, it's a little tough with games, you know. But but yeah, I always think that that's interesting. The uh, the ever shifting value of dollars. Yeah, it's like oh, a dollar ninety nine for an app that I'm going to play probably ten hours a week and have a, hours of enjoyment. Screw that! That's too much money. But mm-hmm. I'll go to Starbucks, pay three fifty yeah. for a latte that goes cold, and I have to throw half of it away. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> I think every time there is a discussion around a dollar or two or three when it comes to anything, not just gaming, but literally anything, I'm like, ah, uh, and how much did you pay for that coffee? <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, exactly. four dollars? Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of this discussion is about perception and being able to take that moment and really say like, hey, in contrast to this, is it really as bad? Because with IDFA, people are thinking, well, I don't want this situation. It's like, okay, well, it's the trade-off you get for having targeted ads and seeing stuff that you care about. How many times do you see an ad for something and say, hey, wait a minute, I was actually looking for that. And then you click through and you buy the product. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy that, then the trade-off is that they're going to have access to your information. If you want to enjoy this game and you want to have all these features, you pay $1.99. That's the trade-off for it. This industry, you know, is an industry. People need to get paid. Game developers need money. (laughs) And it's really funny to get into the mindset of a user for an app and say, wait a minute, like, I know this seems weird for you having to pay or you don't like the idea of them having access to your information, but you get the access and then you get this opportunity. It makes your experience better. And really having to walk users through that is a struggle that people in this industry are facing right now. Absolutely. I think the only time when I struggle with the, you know, having my information out there is when mm-hmm. somebody literally like looks at my, like if I'm sh- like showing something on my device and people can see what I was like, you know, the ads based on my searches. That's when I'm like, okay, but that's, you know, that's like such an ed- edge case. Or for instance, if I'm doing sharing a presentation, Right. So say mm-hmm. a monthly business review or some kind of a review. And because I'm sharing and there is like an ad to play, 
uh, like an example of a new ad we're running with an ad network. You know, when you mm-hmm. finish a YouTube video, it shows my subscriptions. More videos, like, yes. And like, I finished playing the, you know, the, the ad and it's just like a bunch of stuff that I like. And I'm like, okay, I don't want people to see what I mm-hmm. subscribe for on YouTube. But that's probably the only edge case, but yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the interesting thing. Like, you're talking about things that you actually voluntarily sought out. What if there was something that you just because you know YouTube has this weird way of just finding yourself down this weird rabbit hole where it's oh, yeah. like, I just went to go look at this one thing on surfing, and then why am I watching like wildebeests uh, fighting in Africa? Like, I don't understand like how this happened. How did I get here? You know. Mm-hmm. And also, like, if you see something that's completely ridiculous, that it's like flat earth proven, it's like, oh, God, what is this idiot going to say? And you click to watch how stupid it is. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you see other conspiracy theories and flat. Absolutely. You're like, I don't, I'm not this guy. I don't want this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What I do is I watch the video. If I'm like hate watching something or just like watching it and I don't want it to show up, then I dislike the video, <laughs> which oh. is bad. But it stops it from showing up in my algorithm, I found. Ah, so that's my see? little hack. Trips, uh, tips from Kehlani. <laughs> there you go. Maybe that'll be my blog. blog. Maybe we're all gonna get blogs out of this. Yeah, how not to how not to have the algo chase you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what? So what's your TikTok technique then? To not, I I click. You know, I press and hold, and I click not interested, and I hope that's that, what I do. That learns. I one of the YouTubers that I follow is a beauty YouTuber, Jackie Ina. So shout out to her if anyone's into beauty stuff. I'm sure she's but listening. <laughs> she's absolutely listening. I love you, Jackie. Um, but she basically was talking about how she, as an influencer, has to learn how to train her algorithm on her phone to show things that she cares about. Because a mm-hmm. lot of the things that are default when you're, they put you in categories. Oh, you like beauty, you like cars, you like this and that. But it's a generic algorithm and you can retrain yours. It's like a pain in the butt, but you can retrain your algorithm to start showing you more stuff that you want to see. So I thought that was like very interesting when she broke that down. I have a friend who uh, who has TikTok. So I'll like, you know, you can share funny videos mm-hmm. and I shared enough funny videos with him. He's like, dude, you changed my algorithm because <laughs> he's now watching the stuff I send them. So they think that he's you know, looking at this stuff and it's just like, oh you my know, goodness, <laughs> funny, weird stuff that I see on TikTok. It's not anything inappropriate or bizarre, but mm-hmm. I guess that he's all into stocks and <laughs> finances and things like this. And I send him some goofy like video or stand up comedy and he's like, yes. he killed my algorithm, bro. Oh my gosh. Well, Louis sends me funny dad jokes and I love dad jokes. Yeah, so but I know so you I- like that though. Exactly. So I'm getting targeted specific TikToks straight from Louis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm opting into that. <laughs> I'm just hoping you get more dad jokes in your life. Do you have any dad jokes for us now? I do. I do have a dad Ooh. joke. This Let's is a little end bit off on a dad joke. Oh, a hundred percent. This is a little bit of an happy hour season three tradition with me. Cause there I love go, a good Kate. dad joke. Okay. Did you know that Hawaii is the state with the lowest amount of the periodic element hanium or HA? Did you know that? I guess they have aloha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she writes these herself, you know. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> You're here all season. <laughs>
All right, Kate. So if anyone wants to get in contact with you without giving out your address or your email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or any information way? that you don't want the listeners to opt into. <laughs> yeah. T- tell Facebook where to where to track you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the easiest uh, thing would be LinkedIn, which is my name, uh, Kate, K-A-T-E, and last name, N-E-Z-H-U-R-A. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one with that name. So, <laughs> what is the correct Ukrainian pronunciation of your entire name? So, in the U.S., I go by Nezura, but in Ukraine, it would be Nezura. Ah, and are you Katarina? Yes, Katarina Nezura. Nobody calls you that back home. It's like a full name, but it's not like anybody calls you that. So, back home, my parents would call me Katya, but I noticed that Westerners cannot pronounce it correctly. So, just- Katya. Uh-huh. That's not that you hard. Go. You're okay. You're okay. But it's, it sounds kind of weird. You know what's funny <laughs> is uh, uh, Olga Bazarova, Bazarova uh-huh. works uh-huh. for us. And yeah. she's like, oh, you call me Olga or you can call me Olya for short. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's the same How number of syllables. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, it's got a Y instead of a G. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I guess that. Maybe the Ukrainian word is different size? So in Russian, I just counted. It would be five letters for Olga versus three letters for Ola. Oh, okay. And it kind of runs together. Okay. So Olga, Olya. Yeah. So I guess it's like <laughs> incrementally shorter. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, Kat, Katya. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> so we'll see you in Hawaii, I'm sure, on a surfboard or winning surf competitions. But until or then, blog. <laughs> yes, a blog from product to paradise coming soon to a blog near you. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Kate. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks for taking the journey with us, and we hope you found it exactly as advertised. Where it was mostly fun and entertaining, but we did manage to get in a little tech talk in there as well, so you can kind of tell your managers that this was actually time spent doing work stuff. Trust me, we won't tell on you. Please subscribe so you can get notifications every time we release an episode. And please head on over to appgrowthsummit.com. Let us know what you thought or let us know if you'd like to be a guest in a future episode or recommend the guest that would be absolutely amazing. Please tell all your friends and colleagues about the happy hour and be sure to have lots of laughs until the next episode.